Hi, this is Cartoons, and you're listening to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. This is a bad, bad movie, Gary. Well, it's you not really up to you to make lead. that call. It's not really you up to you. You handed me the lead, Gary. Uh, look, we will see what actually happens on this, but there is uh, there's, there's no sure things. There are no sure things. And and I have my reasons for, for picking this movie, and we will delve into all of it shortly during this episode. It's, it better be a good reason. Uh, it, it'll be worth your time. It'll be worth your time. Maybe you made maybe, these poor people watch this film. Well, you know, we 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 did what we did. Uh, this is what we do on the show. We we talk about. It's true. So th- this is around. we both kind of fall back on this. Like anytime we're accused of like screwing this up, we're like, well, they're supposed to be bad. <laughs> we, well, this season we There's named such a it. Coping called, guys. I love it. I love it. We called it a bad movie battle. No, we it was a bad movie battle. One. And you you threw a bad bad movie at us. Yeah, I sure did. Um, that's uh, that's a thing that happened, and uh, <laughs> that's a thing that happened. No, but also I, I want to also point out, like, just because a movie's a bad movie, doesn't mean it's not successful. Like this movie didn't entirely recoup. Um, it had like a forty million budget, and it came in. I think it like it ended up grossing something like you know close to that in the in the mid to high thirties for sure. Um, actually, if I, I have it here, it was again a forty million dollar budget, and yeah. then a thirty six million dollar box office. So not that's like, like so much better than most of the films we've picked. Up exactly. On, I, feel like. I feel like they've all been just like absolute flops. The director in this film was somebody who directed successful Hollywood movies. The screenwriter was a successful screenwriter. The stars were stars. At that People time, were really into seeing Sharon Stone naked too. People were super into it. She'd already done Playboy. She'd already done Basic Instinct. And then this one, they were like, got to. And not only was that the case, but also, and this is something worth keeping in mind, it was number one opening weekend. Yeah. It was the number one movie in the country. People wanted to see Sharon Stone. A lot of Stone. people saw this. So like, there's not even this world where like, we're watching an older film and it's got a really bad rating or no rating because just not that many people watched it. You know what I mean? Like a hot mm. to trot where like, of course it deserves a zero in a lot of ways, but like right. probably would have somewhere closer to five or six if people watched the movie. Right. They didn't. This <laughs> one, the fucking results are in. <laughs> everyone saw it and we all kind of universally agree this movie sucks <laughs> well we will see about the the consensus but certainly the rotten tomatoes score of 11 percent, it wasn't encouraging on that but the fact that it was a number one movie in america no totally did did in terms of initially coming up with you know with choosing that's not which the of the many erotic thrillers to choose from um 
for this. But that's not the reason you chose it. You didn't no, cho- no, no. choose it for that reason. No. We'll, okay. we'll get into that later. We've we'll got get great into that guests. We've got great guests on this one, and uh, we'll we'll let we'll let the team just decide uh, if this is a good bad movie or not. You already have your bias in place, so you know you just want to win this thing. So we. Will I don't. See. And now stop. I'm I'm willing for you to talk me into believing that this was fun at all. Well, like I I'm said, we're, we're talking. I'm ready. Fun. I'm ready to be talked into it. I am. I love okay. Bang Flicks. We'll be right back. I'm very excited to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is Cartoons. This past 420, the multi-instrumentalist and producer dropped a must-hear project called Homegrown. Sounding somewhere between Dilla and Daptone, the record includes features by DJ Harrison and Tennis Shoe and is available wherever music is streamed or sold. Also joining us is Reagan Hoffman. She's a freelance writer and editor based in New York City. And here's a fun fact, she's also my wife. Hello and welcome to Cabbages. Hello. Hey, what's up, y'all? Gary, I just want to jump right in and say thank you so much for not doing the Borat, my wife, on that. I know it was tempting. I know you wanted to. You know, I do it so much around the house. Right. It only made sense to kind of show some respect. The internet's had enough of of Borat, my wife voice, I feel like. You know, I feel like I've already revealed enough about my personal life on this show. (laughs) No reason to bring that. Just the one thing. (laughs) You know. And not on an episode as erotic as this one. Mm-hmm. We, we obviously have to keep things in a certain tone, uh, <laughs> which is appropriate for this episode. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think I'd love to know from, from each of our guests, and Ben, let's start with you. What's your history with the genre of erotic thriller? Uh, I would say this is, I, this feels before my time, really. Mm. You know, like this feels like maybe a general, I feel like I missed whatever is going on in this movie. I was like, this was allowed. And I, I, you know, one of the notes I had made for myself was Gen Z would have a field day. And and, and I'm somewhere in the middle and I, and I feel like I've only seen like, uh, you know, a couple things. What was that movie with Michael Douglas? Um, disclosure. I want to I want to talk about Disclosure, but I'll let you go first. Well, there's I've seen that. And I've also seen the one with the, the rabbit. What the hell is that one called? Oh, Fatal Attraction. Oh, the classic. Fatal Attraction. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's that's like the most hot and heavy, you know, movie I'm familiar with from this genre. It's probably the last time Glenn Close was ever considered hot and heavy. <laughs> True. True. First and last. Uh, first and last. But man. <laughs> Left an impression on some some young minds for sure. Sure did. Poof, definitely scarred me for life. Um, but yeah, this one, this uh, this was one of my first. So okay. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the same boat. I remember when these movies were coming out. I was old enough. I was aware of what was happening, but I was like eight years old. And the whole idea of sex, it just, it was horrifying to me. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what it was all about. It was disgusting and creepy. And movies like these, which I, you know, you'd see the the box in the blockbuster or the the trailer on TV, 
just solidified that sex was not something I wanted to any part of. So it I never saw any of these movies. We, we can come back to this point after we're done with this intro, but uh, it seems like Sharon Stone also didn't want to have any sex in this film. <laughs> yeah, let's just jump right <laughs> she in. cried to... through every single orgasm. <laughs> well, you, okay. you, well, Jeff, you have uh, to understand her, her ex-husband yeah. was very boring. Very boring guy. <laughs> Okay. I kept waiting for the reveal that this husband was going to be some kind of monster for the way that this woman reacts to just even touching herself, not even mm-hmm. with someone else. She's just mm-hmm. weeping. She's miserable at the thought of it. No calls to the therapist in this film. No. It's wild to no. me. I was sure the ex-boyfriend was going to come through and somehow be the killer in the end of this movie. Um, but no, we just went a completely other direction. No, as with so many things in this movie, they mentioned him <laughs> multiple times and then nothing came of it. <laughs> it was the least effective of all the movie's red herrings. And I include Tom Berenger as a red herring, even though he is ultimately revealed to be the killer. Because, well, I'm sorry, but we're talking about these things. It's, it needs to be revealed. Because right from the start, there's no way that guy, in any sense, is meant to be the person who is the killer. There is a different ending to this movie originally. I just want to put that out there right now. I think there was a totally no sense in dancing around this. No, the original ending of this film tested so by the way, just as baffling. Oh, just as baffling, but tested so poorly, perhaps more baffling actually. Tested Mm. so poorly that the best they could come up with was, uh, it's Tom Berenger. Right. Like I couldn't have go right to Wikipedia after at the end of this movie. I was like, there's no way. That, that that's what they meant to do. So there, yeah. There's too many reasons why he can't be the killer. The main reason is that where does this man have any control over the lights in this building? Oh yeah. At no time has this man showed any prowess with electricity or electrical equipment or anything <laughs> in general. He, he Are killers genuinely like generally electricians? Can we say that? <laughs> I feel like society gets mad when you say things like that. Well, I, I are think they? this is the kind of podcast where we can go there. So Wow. Wow. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's I mean, specifically, you can go places. You, you can just go, actually, Jeff. It's fine. Um, How dare you? The So my history with this, this particular style of film is deep. I love, but, but here's the thing. There's two different kinds of things. There, <laughs> there's, uh, there's erotic thrillers which we did not watch. And then there's bang flicks. Mm. And this oh. was a bang flick. This was just stack a bunch of hot people in a room and let them bang. And we'll throw the plot together, you know, at some point. We'll film I, a bunch I forget of sometime that you're a real cinephile and you understand all the genre and subgenre nuances. When it comes to this type of film, you're absolutely right. So I like have seen Sliver before. I saw it when, when I was young. And... It is remarkable that after now my, I guess, third or fourth watch of this film, I still only remember the sex scenes. They're just like nothing is memorable. Yeah. I'm sorry. Not even the sex scenes are memorable. Not you really. remember I mean, Sharon Stone. And it's really funny and she's hot. They're both. Yeah. Sharon Stone is attractive. They're both hot. And she's crying. But nothing about that sex leads you to believe it's actually very good. No. Nothing about what they're doing looks particularly interesting. 
I will say they did a great job making Billy Baldwin be like, I really want to bang more right now. Oh, he, because if I were him, I totally would be like, yeah, all the time until you're ready to stop. (laughs) He took that just to get laid. Really? I mean, this, the scene that really sticks with me besides the sex scenes is the one at the dinner table. Um, oh, restaurant scene, yeah. The restaurant. That's interesting. Oh, that one, yeah. they were doing something. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was like the iconic scene that that I'll remember mm-hmm. for a while. Specifically, when he makes a Zoolander blue steel face, and then she shows her vagina right afterwards. <laughs> and all the old people <laughs> and the old people sitting around them are making like Caddyshack <laughs> level reactions. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love like eyeballs that. popping out. <laughs> the people in the background of that scene are like so wildly unnecessary. Don't forget though, the busboy too. The busboy's reaction is amazing. Almost oh, definitely. They're all completely unnecessary. So we could have had any reaction out of them and all of them picked, uh, you know, cartoon. They yeah. all went zoinks. They all were just like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to bend. But like, They're in a classy Manhattan restaurant, real high pricey sort of thing, like a Marea, like a real nice joint where an older couple can go out for a conservative dinner where they don't speak to each other. And then here comes this little game, this little Mm -hmm. game between these, you know, 30 somethings. And it's, it's extraordinary to me. The first thing that I noticed with that was obviously the kind of connection to basic instinct and showing vagina. But right. the question that I found more interesting afterwards, like, was, is this a comedy? Is this supposed right. to be a exactly. comedy? Exactly. Why is it all of a sudden a Peter Sellers film? That whole scene is played for jokes, not Dude, for looks like a, That scene looks like it's from Revenge of the Pink Panther. <laughs> it's like straight up a Blake Edwards thing. Yeah. I, the butt mind... should have dropped a plate of spaghetti on someone's head. Oops. I know, right? Yeah. A, a cartoon wolf should have been in the background going, Aruga, Aruga. <laughs> there is there's no reason for that scene other than for us to say, actually, we're trying to be funny here. We're actually parodying this. And unfortunately, the, the organization of this film leads everyone to believe that people really weren't trying to be funny. This was just someone's idea of what might be interesting. They that's what they see high society doing, never yeah. having sex like really surprised that people would be doing something wild and naughty. Like, oh, naughty. And what's more surprising, and I think since we're all New Yorkers here, I think we can all speak to this, um, is that uh, anybody in a building would talk to anybody else who lives in their building. (laughs) Do you know the names of anybody in your building who has not accidentally gotten your mail? Yeah, I mean, one or two. Yeah, yeah. When you first saw them, did you say anything to them? No. It took Excellent. like what, like two years where I talked to anybody in this building. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very weird like that. I definitely take a while before I'm going to be like, Hey, what's your name? By the way, we see each other every day. I, uh, I have a lot of uh, friends no, already no. and I don't like, I have to be around people a lot and I just don't want more people enough. Leave yeah. me alone. Everybody. Which is the New York attitude. That's how everyone feels. Yes, that's exactly right. The like belief so that many... someone living in Midtown. Now the time place. that I'm in the sliver building. House, <laughs> the sliver building. The sliver building. The, <laughs> the time I have in my house should not be dominated by more humans. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, we know. Within like 10 blocks of my apartment. 
you're Wait, gonna <laughs> which is there a significance of the sliver building that i'm missing right now no or was it no just... except that woman was murdered there oh right right exactly i mean just Sharon. like the idea for no reason sliver. for no reason why like okay there, there is can we there just is... get into the murders in this film i'm sorry <laughs> Can we get into the murders of this film? No, I don't. I want to answer his question first. Okay, go and, ahead. And the the answer to your question, sir, is that Sliver has about as much uh, significance as can be taken from a film that is based on a book by Ira Levin that bears no resemblance to the book beyond there being a building and the book being called Sliver. Wait, it hold on. There's not a lot of banging in the book. Do they bang a lot? The book. The movie and the book have nothing in common. It's like it was. It so it's was not optioned. even a bang book. It was optioned because Robert Evans, legendary producer Robert Evans, at Paramount, basically tricked Ira Levin into letting him adapt this, letting them adapt the screenplay, buy a, buy the rights to the book so they could have an adapted screenplay. Wow. Ira Levin has nothing to do with this movie. Incredible. In but he got he got he got some money for it, and that's about it. I think he got like. 250 grand or something like it wasn't even like much this is like ira 11 this is like the boys from brazil this is like somebody who actually did sold some books he didn't need that little money for this ruining so sullying his good name he didn't want to but robert evans made him like uh made him think that maybe this would be a good idea and it was not it would have been amazing if he just started writing all erotic novels after this was so inspired by it that he just like like actually back. you know what you guys were right this is where I should go. <laughs> the hell with Rosemary's baby you know, hot people Let's bang talk about Rosemary <laughs> don't treat uh, hot people banging with enough reverence I think. <laughs> I think he would I think he would bring a new level to hot people banging I agree. I'm with that <laughs> Jeff, you murder. Want to talk about murder for some reason okay the murders in this film there's one where a woman that looks exactly like Sharon Stone opens the movie getting thrown out of a building for no exactly, reason. Exactly is really pushing it. She was also blonde. Uh, they looked, I mean, it, that that shot and everything about it was meant to kind of fool you into believing it was Sharon Stone. And then the big surprise 30 seconds later is that the star of the film is alive and is a book editor. You, were you fooled by that, Jeff? No. But okay. that's what they were trying to do. Okay, because that woman. Am really I did wrong that they were like trying Sharon to do that? Because then later, this neighbor dude is like, "You look a lot like that person," as if to hammer home, yes. "Look what we did to you." Yeah, we the movie. The movie wants you to believe, and they say over and over and over again, "Oh my God, you look just like her." But looking, right. those women look nothing alike. That no, not all, but like Princess like, Diana. They were trying to fool us for some reason, and I don't understand why. Because no. nobody, the killer, nor. Our boy uh, watches everybody, McGee. Zeke, <laughs> Zeke Hawkins. Remember Zeke that Hawkins. name, for God's sake. Oh, no, a, I can't. There's a wealthy man named Zeke. That hasn't happened since the Beverly fucking Hillbillies. Real talk. <laughs> he, okay, so Zeke here, he doesn't have like a pattern where he only bangs people that are blonde or anything. No, among the red herrings, and I'm sorry no, if I'm stepping on this. Please go. No. Among the red herrings is this theory that Tom Berenger posits, which is that Zeke's mother was a blonde right. actress who allegedly also looks like Sharon Stone. She fucking doesn't. She's a blonde no. lady. 
and and they're presenting it as like oh yes zeke hawkins loves to fuck his mother and then kill her this is the this is the idea that they're putting to get putting forth except for the fact that he also fucks this brunette model right across the hall who looks nothing like either of them and those two blonde ladies don't look anything like sharon stone right so they have this going and it doesn't work and that links back to this first murder that could have just been a murder but instead we got to have all this like weird why was it happening thing vibe going on in the whole movie like who could have done such a thing second murder this guy's like hey man i'll tell you the story about your like the person who was in your apartment before and he's got to die (laughs) was he murdered though or did he actually just fall in the fucking shower i mean i guess there's you could interpret it i'm not a cop so i don't know you're definitely I'm not, not going to like do an investigation or anything, but ben, I, will- what do you think? Very unclear the whole time. I was convinced that he was killed, but then well, I mean, like, why would you even mention it, it then? You now know that I'm mean? thinking about it, maybe he just died though. Maybe he just, he was old. He was old just man. Old. He fell in the shower. It seemed like, and he I mean, wasn't that, that hot. So like. he was getting in the way of the hot people banging. I did not need to see that naked old guy at all. We could have definitely cut that out of the movie for sure. My favorite part of the old guy is that for no reason whatsoever, he like talks about how he works at the university as someone who studies like new ways of like camera work and like, uh, that was the classic building law security. Yeah. You know, like we gotta, we gotta give you like, this is our first bad guy, but you're like, this isn't the guy though. I mean, we're like five minutes into this yeah. shit. Getting me like, which Law makes his death story tight as fuck, and it would have been <laughs> Dave but meandered like, so much more than a Law and Order episode. His death, his death, especially coming so quickly into the film after mm-hmm. laying that groundwork, completely. We don't even really know anything yet, and he's dead. It's like all they had to do was send him to Japan, like they were supposed to, and then it wouldn't have mattered. He would have been ruled out. He as a mentions that he's he about to go Japan. to Japan. He mentions that he's leaving. I forgot that. He could have just gone. He gives us so much information that has no bearing on the film. And then they ax him. And then at the end, they're like, oh, what happened to this pretty blonde girl? Nobody investigates his death. Nobody goes back and is like, wait, did that guy fall in? Because I want to know. That guy fall in the shower or is somebody follow him in the shower it no. would have been really easy for this movie to have connected the dots and made that guy the person who set up billy baldwin's surveillance system mm. it's all right there they put it right there you've got a that's true you've got b just like just get to c man and they fucking didn't do it they killed him instead but never see, did they get to see but like, why see- did it, it all makes sense because Zeke Hawkins, Billy Baldwin, uh, he uh, he designs computer video games. I own the building. And he owns the building. It's Why mine. was the owning the building reveal <laughs> completely non-shocking in any way, shape, or form? Why was just like nobody, there no all? character was surprised <laughs> by it? Even when Tom Berenger mentions it, of course, she already knows that point. When Tom Berenger, we got to talk more about, uh, mentions it to, uh, do we? To, to Sharon Stone, she's like, yeah, he told me. And it's like, Okay, so we all agree. This is no one's no one particularly. Why wasn't that the reveal, though? Like, why wasn't Tom Berenger's character given the license to, like, you know, make her more confused? The whole thing, the whole movie seemed to hinge on the fact that, like, those two dudes were supposed to confuse us as to who was really evil. Right. 
but like there's not a lot of confusion two things are evil those dudes that's <laughs> just it. different types that's of evil. the whole fucking point of the movie is these dudes fucking suck sharon stone is terrible at picking dudes <laughs> well she doesn't this is what we're here to she learn doesn't pick them they well, pick she doesn't pick Berenger, that guy forces himself on jumps out the whole film and gasps at her in like a black hoodie okay except let's give sharon stone some fucking agency here she could have told either of these guys to fuck off at any point in time and she didn't mm. even after tom berenger leaps out at her yeah. in central park with his hood up like a fucking stereotype mugger and she's just like you know what i'll see where this is going like, that's what that I'm saying. Never fucking talk to you again. That's what I'm saying. Like, what? do something. No, there's a, yeah, there's yeah. a good explanation for this. You see, her She's husband book editor was very boring. Her husband was very boring. Sure. How many times did they mention that? Did you keep it in the notes? I lost count. I we lost trying. count around four or five. I oh think that they mentioned. They it just so kept mentioning times. it. Did you know Ben that 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 the husband was boring? Did you catch that? <laughs> you know, to be honest. I wasn't as highly aware of that as you guys were. I just was so mad at her character by the end. Of it. <laughs> maybe I wasn't. Maybe they didn't tell me enough times because one of the notes I did make was that she, I, at this point she deserves to get killed because her just sense of intuition is so bad. That's true. I mean, like to be sitting in that room of TVs and then like be like, you know what? I'm going to just be part of this scheme. This seems cool. I'm going to see where this goes. Like, this seems like a cool guy. Like, maybe this guy's going to invent Amazon one day. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are he was so a, many What moments. was he, a video game computer? He, was, he designed computer video games. The first That's time right. that he hacks into her office computer right. to send uh, her a, a emoticon. In mode. 1993. In MS Paint. That's when you get the restraining order. Yeah, let's right. talk about that. Did she, was she aware of that? Like, who was doing that at the time? She's she not. only figured out there was a reference to it in there, like something that they had said in the conversation. I forget exactly right. what. It but might like, have been yeah. the most nuanced part of the film. <laughs> but there's nothing romantic about hacking uh, Word Perfect 97. Yeah. Oh, well, it was 93, so yes, it would have been. Actually, so that would have been revolutionary. <laughs> Maybe that's what he was working on. Word Perfect 97. It's like, baby, take this, take this, uh, this disc and put it in your computer and install it. Then I'll be able to talk to you all day. You take this series of 17 discs and put them in <laughs> one at a time. So that I can talk to you at work. <laughs> what kind of video games do you think that he made? I have a, an opinion. You'll be shocked to know. I mean, I can only go by what was on like the walls, like Microsoft Paint walls in in his thing. Like, what do you think he made? Microsoft Paint. He had a Civilization poster up. He did, and he also had Nine Inch Nails uh, broken poster, which explains some of the more industrial songs that are on the soundtrack. Although none being, I'm not ready to talk about the soundtrack. (laughs) Feels like it it feels like that's that's an hour three. We talk about that, right? We need to pause. Okay. So then murder number three. What is murder number three? You're losing track of the murders you wanted to talk okay, about. Okay, the murder, neighbor, Jeff. right? The neighbor. That's the next murder. In the, in the, the stairwell or whatever. Yeah. Right. You're talking to about Vida. Vida. Their idea yeah. of a red herring for the dude that ends up being the killer is to dress him up 
like a killer, like every <laughs> single killer that's ever been filmed in TV history. <laughs> Like black stocking cap folded up so you can still see everything about his facial features and hair color. Great idea. Uh, all black running clothes and a black hoodie. I almost it's forgot like that that's 30 in the no morning suspense. and everyone else is in like no winter clothes. <laughs> and this guy rolls in in like a killer's uniform and is holding a bloody lifeless body. And then they're like, yeah, it was him. Oh, really? It was no shit. And then the movie keeps <laughs> going after that. <laughs> like this is f- this is billed from the start as a who done it, and immediately at we that point, that's it. where you end a movie. Then you basically have no more than like ten minutes left in any decent film to tell us otherwise. The original ending of the film, uh, I believe, if I read it correctly. Oh, you didn't was- watch it. <clears throat> Oh, it's it's out there. Oh, you can go on YouTube and watch it. My oh, I'm gonna watch blurry, it. But you can watch it. Let me let me describe it, and then you can correct me where I'm wrong. I mean, we're all just describing. It's like one of your favorite things to do anyway. So I'm just gonna play right into it. Uh, they take a little trip together because that's what people do after day three, and they take a little trip together and they go uh, on a helicopter, and on that helicopter, dude is like, "Yeah, I killed those people." And she's like, cool, man, I'll protect your secret. And they fly into a volcano. At least there's payoff with the volcano in that scenario. Mm. I will say, at least we tie up one thing. Well, I'm actually with that in. loose ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me expand that a little bit. Okay, please. So the original ending, the idea was that this Tom Berenger thing happens and then like any decent thriller the conclusion is actually he's not the killer, it's Zeke. So Tom Berenger actually has been set up or whatever, but it's actually Zeke who's the killer. And because of how they do it, there was one crucial scene between that and when they're in the helicopter in Hawaii. And that's they get married. Because you know that a husband and wife can't tell on each other for bad thingies they have done. That's the technical. That's bad what I learned from. No. That's what I learned from smoking weed and watching Law and Order. Your husband and wife shh, can't do it. Can't talk about it. Yeah, once so, you get married, you can actually do anything. You can. Yeah, like, she won't sell about the so horrible. That's why happen. people do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Incredible <laughs> thing. So what ends up happening is that on the plane or on the helicopter, which you know, why are they on a helicopter by themselves? Um, it is revealed, he reveals that he he is the killer. And she says, I know, I have the evidence hidden in a safe place. So this, so this ending is supposed to take place after she finds his little shoe closet mm-hmm. stash yeah, of evidence. Exactly. And sees uh, that he was the killer. And But before she sees this very convenient video clip of Tom Berenger in his murderer's outfit on surveillance camera murdering the woman who looks exactly like Sharon Stone. No, because that's the reshoots. Right. So, but, but, but that this, part doesn't show up in the, in the original. So part. she finds the closet of evidence. Yes. But in this version, she's cool with it. Marries him and anyway. marries the man. You can understand why this doesn't test very well. I mean, that tracks for this. She character. does like she to a watch. lot of bad choices. And to be fair, and, and let's be super fair to Sharon Stone's character in this, like, alternate universe that was supposed to happen 
how many dudes are you going to meet that have a wall of cameras and can watch a whole building's lives as they happen? Well, that was the you most. Gotta, if you're into this, you got to take that chance. That you was the part of this evidence. movie that I liked the best was the part where she was kind of like, you know what? Maybe this is my thing. She right. starts watching his surveillance videos. She's kind of getting into it. And she's like, you know what? Maybe I'm also a psychopath. Like, let's get into it. If the first thing, if, if I'm introduced to that technology someday uh, by a lover and I'm, I'm coming into this thing and I'm sitting down and within the first minute of enjoying like my newfound voyeurism, someone's like, that guy definitely bangs the little girl, by the way. Oh, that happens all yeah. the time. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm out on all of this because that's the thing you wanted to tell me first. Not that's like that guy's on. an operable tumor is, is going to get better. He's going to be fine. <laughs> like We can't see else. the future, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Not until like, World Perfect 97. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's they already had that in 93. World Perfect 97 and AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> But like the fact is, he's had this he's had this technology this time enough that he's been able to. He's be been enough. watching this old man molest this girl, and it's not till Sharon Stone shows up that he's like, you know what? Just, I'm just, gonna do something about it. Like until she like basically like judges him for not doing something. No. About the love it of a good woman. What we're learning through a whole lot of these bad movies, the love of a good woman makes people better. You just want to talk about class act again, and we're not talking about class act. <laughs> I really wish right we were talking about class act. It's not happening. Yeah, he should actually be arrested for not reporting him soon. Right, exactly. And he also has video footage of it. So actually he's in possession of, of the And stuff. he's admitting that he has watched it, right, to her. Like, this is him being like, if you're into it. And she's like, ooh, no. And he's like, yeah, we got to do something about it. He's this. like, yeah, no, me neither. Uh-uh. Yeah, no. like, That's what I'm saying. Like, take this hint. Everybody has to Sharon, have, like, it's like. Get out of there. You have to have, like, safe words in these sorts right. of relationships like right. and he tests the waters with like putting the like uh the telescope in her apartment right so that's like that's like okay i'm just i'm just trying a little bit to see how it is oh i like this then he brings her right to video cameras like which is just like it's honestly I mean, like here smoke this joint and then like a couple days later be like have you tried uh lsd and then also the moral that, while you're enjoying this lsd for the like first time it's like you know, PCP is this really amazing thing. Mm -hmm. And you go, wait, I'm not into PCP. He's like, oh, no, me neither. We should like, we should definitely call my dealer and tell No, him no, just more. acid, please. Uh, the moral ambiguity meter goes from, I never really thought about voyeurism because my husband was very boring. To it was very boring. This telescope, I can see people banging and they now, I know they can see me as well. <laughs> to, I am full on capable of controlling lives in about 38 <laughs> hours life comes at you fast it does <laughs> i appreciate the fact that this dude was like think about the psychotic like the step skipping that yeah. this dude is doing and just being presumptuous enough to be like i gave you a really nice telescope i've never we've spoken once on the elevator and i bought you a really nice telescope uh that's a pretty wild step to take. And then yeah. to be like, she used the telescope. So now I can introduce her to the fact that like I control lives. This is a movie <laughs> that I'm a minor God. This is a sexual brainwashing movie. <laughs> this is a cult. 
How many but telescopes all do you die. think he's bought? Like just just ballpark it. How many telescopes has he bought for female tenants in this building? 20? At least four. At least like four. I mean, yeah. he probably bought one for the old guy. I'm counting everyone that died. <laughs> everyone who died at a telescope. You he know, bought one. Why didn't CCH Powder put all those lines together? Oh, they all had telescopes. That was the one thing. Aha, we find out who has it. And then there's a big like receipt from Home Depot for like, oh, you bought them in bulk. That's the guy. <laughs> really nice telescope. telescope. Gold telescopes from Home Depot in bulk. <laughs> That's the guy. <laughs> this movie is so terrible. Do, He's, do got two room. <sighs> He's got telescopes and and all and then the TV room. That's all. Actually, got. I think behind the TV room is the telescope room for storage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It all makes sense <laughs> when you own the building. It makes sense. I, I own the building. It's mine. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good. That's a very good Baldwin impression. Oh, he's really good. <laughs> he's he's special in this film. Oh, he is special in this film. We haven't and, really. And he's so much younger than her, like yeah. four whole years. Yeah, makes such he, a big I, deal about their age difference. Like I think that what they really meant that it was like he is disabled. Like, why are you? Don't hang with this. Like, did he tell you he was a computer or something or like made video games? Mm-mm, no. Wait, yeah. are you no. are you saying that computer abilities is a disability? In the like, dating department, uh, yes. Under like, the he's lying, like he's lying about that. He just plays a lot of video games. Right. When does he have time to do this job he purports to do? He's sitting in this room. Yeah, I want to see the video doing game nothing he, all day. he's created because I don't believe he's actually able to do any of it. These I believe games. he made RPGs. I think he it's created calm. a video game called Life. Are you guys fucking oh. Oh. You know what I mean? Boom. I do. That's the point of the film. No, no, no. I mean, clearly he got that's accepted. He, clear, yeah, clearly that's his video game. I mean, or that's what we're supposed to believe. Right? No, I believe am so. I only, yeah. Am I the only one that came away with that? I think no, you've you've achieved you've something profound. You've achieved something profound that we didn't catch in this. Was that <laughs> computer video game designer was much more of a meta thing than we had originally. It was all code for um, right. watching everyone and controlling their lives. No, huh. I think that's it. I think you did it. Fair. Is life the ultimate computer video game? <laughs> Yeah, this was the first movie that really posed that question. You know, I think like that and Lawnmower Man are the two films, and maybe <laughs> Lawnmower Man too. And the net. You know what this movie has that none of those movies have? That very few movies have. Uh, An Inception sorry. bang. I'm sorry. They're watching themselves bang, and then they start to bang. They're so hot at banging. They're such hot shots at boinking that they yeah. start boinking. While it's watching true. themselves boink. Yeah. Now name another movie that does that. This is an invented thing, unless you're going back and like watching old porno or something, I guess. Sex yeah, live and videotape. Thank you. Oh, nice. I never saw that. I purport myself to be that? a sexual. No, a sexual you just said stop now. Stop now. Oh, Go watch oh. that movie. I know. I'm realizing we'll that. We'll keep talking for the next two hours. Then you come back in and then you can play. You talk to me about James Spader and Andy McDowell. And we'll okay. Talk. First of all, I, I want to talk about like Basic Instinct spawned because look, Basic Instinct was like the most popular and watched and iconic bang flick of all time. Bang flicks. 
and it you know it really had a plot so you could call it an erotic thriller it kind of like bends the line it's a genre i'm not bang. sure i understand your distinction about Nor should what you. is a bang flick but is since a bang flick after just an erotic thriller where you find the female protagonist attractive <laughs> no it's the ones where there's not a whole lot of plot and there's just a bunch of people banging and then afterwards you're like why did i watch this film this movie had tons of plot this had tons of plot and actually relatively little banging plot plot it wasn't good plot. none of it, it ever connect. happened all the connection was the this movie this movie had little banging what the hell have you guys been watching jesus yeah i know right there was, watching there was a scene where they banged and then she got out of bed and they were like and they did it again it's like okay i'll bang you that they banged while scene. they were watching themselves one, bang. That's one bang. how much banging do you need i mean that's one bang in my book <laughs> that's not all they have you seen the movie unfaithful Oh yes. Oh absolutely. That, that's a classic. If you want to if you want to if you want to make this absolutely obscure de- definition of a bang flick, uh-huh. that's a bang flick. 100% cuz they fucking all the time. They bang <laughs> constantly. Everywhere. She bang, she bang. We get the whole Is that with uh movie. Richard Gere? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I did see that movie. With He's the dad. kind of the king of the band. That was the worst movies. movie to see with my parents. Oh god! <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, I remember no. that. One. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no. That's terrible. I can't say that I, I can't one up you because that is that. But I can say, as in commiseration, uh, I saw Monsters Ball with my parents, uh, which, <laughs> oh, my as god. Holly Berry having sex with Billy Bob Thornton and saying, "Make me feel good. I want to <laughs> feel good." That yeah, is sitting next to my mom. Not great. I did. I have, oh. I have avoided a lot of this with my mom. She doesn't want that stuff. And I'm like, fair enough. We'll find something else yeah. <laughs> for you. Yeah. And that's why you're the expert on bang flicks because you watch. Well, you have to. Yeah. I wanted to watch them in secret. <laughs> it was illicit. Illicit. Think about this after basic instinct, because like when things are popular, people make a lot more of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. In the 19, this was like the the era of the bang flick. 92 Basic Instinct, same year as Body of Evidence, Bitter Moon, then Sliver, Last Seduction, Disclosure, Bound, Color of Night, that Bruce Willis bang flick, uh, Jade, Jade, Fiorentino. Wow, yeah. All of these were on like HBO and Cinemax and, and Showtime. They just passed them around. And played them after like ten. Well, okay. but, but all those movies are erotic thrillers. Yeah. Like, what is to you an erotic thriller, but not a bang? Flick? Uh, maybe there's all just bang flicks. Like, I, maybe, I maybe don't take very seriously your... the genre. Yeah. Uh huh. I'm just trying. That's to probably the issue here is that I just like don't take this stuff very seriously. Right. They didn't like, make it to be, be banging very seriously. They were like, here's listen, someone died, and we got to know who it is. But for at least 20 to 25 minutes, maybe 30, we also need to worry about banging (laughs) and listening to Enigma and Enigma cover bands and a whole lot of like, uh, you know, really steamy scenes, Mm -hmm. a lot of steam. How do you feel about the Red Shoe Diaries? How does that fit into this? That's that's bang. I movie. feel that's, that's bang, bang movies. <laughs> that's Emmanuel, like so if you really want to make distinctions, <laughs> Red Shoe Diaries, Emmanuel, yeah. those are bang movies. Those are yeah. those. Are, but no that's, that's almost like it is just an excuse for bang. 
which is a totally different thing, softcore porn. Softcore is different from a bang movie. Okay, you've oh, lost most me. definitely, most definitely. You've lost me, professor. <laughs> okay. Is this, this going like to be Sensuality, after. sensuality is what makes a bang never want to hear you say that word again. That, but that's true. As long as I live. Like how, how terrible is the sexy sax in the background? That's how you can tell if you're watching a bang flick or softcore porn. Okay. All right. I can, I can feel that. How much saxophone is in the soundtrack? Right. Well, well the intro. That's a big deal. <laughs> the intro song really sets the scene in this mm. movie. That's mm. one Good thing point. I'll probably, that really stuck with me as well. I, I think I wrote down, I know from the intro that there will be a lot of unnecessary nudity throughout. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And to me, it, <sighs> seemed, it seemed like the, there wasn't that many sex scenes, but the ones that there were seemed very long. They were very and, long. And just like to the point where I was like turned it down because I was like, oh, can my neighbors hear this? This is ridiculous. Like I felt like my parents were in the room. It was making it was it was a lot. How the, the, the Holy kids, Spirit is watching you. Yeah, I, I got I got pictures nervous. around. I, I got shy while I was watching those scenes. Oh. Well, if, if there's any, it's also because they're unbearably sad. Yeah, she's crying. crying and yeah, I was like, I shouldn't they're be so watching. So upset this. about having sex together. I shouldn't see this. This isn't okay. Well, I feel like there's also shocked? some Sorry. there's some truth that comes through in those scenes because as it turns out, according to the director. Uh, Sharon, Stone Sharon Stone was sad about and, having to bang. So, so Sharon Stone and Billy and William Baldwin did not like each other. Oh, they did not actually like each other. And they asked to film as many of their scenes together apart as possible. God, the things you have to do when you're hot. You know, this really wow. gets to the crux of the issue for me, mm. which is that Billy Baldwin is the absolute mm. worst possible person mm -hmm. for this role the worst baldwin mm -hmm. worst baldwin by far sharon stone deserves a better sharon stone person. deserves so much better we have to do better for sharon stone and to pretend that billy baldwin is the guy who finally awakens her freaky instincts oh. is just fucking upsetting that guy one of the, sucks. One of the reviewers on rotten tomatoes was like, how were these two people attracted to each other? And any they're not. They're definitely not. You know, I, I believe it was uh, a Sartre who said, uh, caring is the key to unlock the magic. Is that Sartre? Well, no. no, that's the Care Bears, actually. That's Sorry. Sartre. Yeah, yeah, there it is. That's okay. the Care Bears. My no, that makes more sense. <laughs> that makes more sense. No, no Billy Baldwin. The guy that wrote a book called Pain. No. <laughs> I mean, obviously, imagine Alec Baldwin in this role. Mm. There's there's a weight to it. Mm -hmm. There's Literally. he's <laughs> you're thinking 30 rock era, but yes. Billy Baldwin was but like you know, 14 no, yes, pounds still. in this film. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Baldwin's looking very scrawny, man. He's looking like an art. Yeah, he's got he her, like shitty chest hair that's just up here <laughs> above his neck. It was like, just no. two triangles. <laughs> oh, it's so it's horrifying. Like no. no. Imagine Alec Baldwin in this role. I'm Alec Baldwin mm. coming straight off of Glen Gary Glen Ross mm. when he's mm. in his fucking prime mm. of intense, upsettingly bank flick should be a reward. Yeah. 
Yeah. Put the reward is you and Sharon Stone make out a lot for like that's, a couple of That's months. selling more DVDs or VHSs or whatever the hell we're selling at, at this time. That's a movie I want to watch. Mm. But Billy yeah. Baldwin is the pointier, mm. <laughs> less scary brother. <laughs> he's not even Steven. He's not even Steven. No, he's who not. Who has Steven. his charms. He sure caused I a lot like of trouble Steven. in that bubble. In Biodome. <laughs> We're not talking about Biodome yet. Maybe next time. Yet. <laughs> maybe. Ah, oh. Yet. Maybe. Yeah. We oh, haven't, we haven't know, turned on each other that hard yet. Do you want to know who turned down the role of Zeke Hawkins? I do. Uh, prior Polly to- Shore? Yeah. If you say Polly <laughs> Shore, I'll leap, I'll leap through the screen and I'll strangle you to death. <laughs> if you say Polly Shore, I swear to God. <laughs> uh, no, but it is still very topical. Uh, the two people who turned it down were Val Kilmer and oh, Johnny Depp. Oh, both better. Val Kilmer would have been great. Johnny Depp Agreed. would have been terrible. Because this would have been Val Kilmer around the time of Heat. Before Heat. Before Heat. So Val Kilmer still he probably in, couldn't have done it because of in, Heat. He's still in proper hunk mode mm. at that point. Yeah, he's like post Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. But he would yeah. have come yeah. into this uh, this role and acted like a neighbor instead of a dude that has been watching you on camera. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he would have been fun with this role maybe, or something could have happened. Billy Baldwin just was like, I am very seductive. Do you see how seductive I am? This is what we're going to do. The whole he just movie. went all hunk, like no, yeah. no backstory. No, really. none. Yeah, like just like, I'm just full sexual tension. Which kind of keeps her streak alive of like dating very boring people. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, her, her husband was a very boring man. Yeah, he, he was very boring. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like this movie boring. gives Sharon Stone no options. And that's really part of why we're so upset about it is that we absolutely were shown a woman whose choices were some creepy old man who approaches her in the market. Who can't get it up. Who get, oh, no, the old guy. Then you've got. That man's gay. I'm sorry. I thought he was, but they didn't actually say it out loud, so I didn't necessarily make it. I mean, I don't know people's lives. They made it seem like... They coded him as gay. They did code him. Mm -hmm. That's true. I didn't even really kind of think about that, but yeah. Yeah. So there's that. So that's one thing that they present as a choice, as if it was a choice. Then they say, oh, uh, you've got Tom Berenger, who is this, you know, boorish ass who is 10 years older than you, and looks 20 years older than you and is just a real son of a bitch in every single way. Mm. And then it's mysterious Billy Baldwin. If those were your three choices, you know, in a city as small as New York, those are your three choices for romantic partners who live in the same building complex as you. You also, you forgot golf alone in your apartment and have a really, really sad bathtub orgasm that is an option and she did take it for a little while and it was the best option she had in the whole film absolutely the new york times review she was living the life and had no idea the new york times review of this movie calls out the golfing in the first sentence (laughs) (laughs) they were like there are things i think it was janet maslin of the review was like there are things that sharon stone should not be doing in a movie you should never put sharon stone in a movie where she's going to be golfing you should never put Sharon Stone into a movie where she's going to be doing laundry was the other big one. Wow. Oh, and it was it was like you are degrading her 
essentially by making this woman do mundane things. She was really, really boring in the movie. Well, you know, her 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 husband was boring. It was very boring. Very boring. And maybe so it rubbed off on her, as it were. Yeah. But like, you know, when she describes her job, she's just like, I'm a book editor. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care about her character at all. No. That made the, the ending very tough for me. The like most she acted in the whole thing other than the, you know, the bang scenes or when, you know, holding a gun or something was when she was saying she didn't like Pavarotti for, for no reason. And like hard name dropped the most popular rock band in America as like the alternative idea, the oh, crazy yeah. wild idea of Pearl Jam. Yeah. Everybody's favorite fucking Jam. band is like some, oh, Pearl Jam, oh. My monocle fell. Oh. They were like the musical guests on SNL, like probably that same month. She, it might have been with her when she did SNL right before she did this piece of shit Entirely movie. Entirely possible. Because her career is so weird. It's so weird at that point. Cause like, it's not casino yet. No, we're not there yet. But basic instinct was huge, but also last action hero. And it's the but same also screenwriter. It's the but same also screenwriter. Sliver. Right. The thing I wanted to say before when you were listing off those erotic thrillers is that Joe Esterhouse is the screenwriter, credited screenwriter behind yeah. Basic Instinct and Sliver and also Jade. Yeah. Mm. So it's oh, like Jade to Jade. Wow. He also this guy really likes sex. He yeah, this guy into clean it. it up. Right. So like you can understand why all of these people jumped at doing Sliver. Right. Like you had you had a you had a director who had who had who was basically was between uh, Harrison Ford Jack Ryan movies. Mm. So it's Patriot Games. Oh my god! After Patriot Games and before Clear and Present Danger. Oh fuck this guy! Well, so that's that's the director. <laughs> that's the director. So the director jumps at the opportunity to do this thing, and then you get Sharon Stone fresh off of Basic Instinct, having I mean, largely you can't been get like anything hotter in the world. And this is what you did with it. And then for, while we are really ragging on Billy Baldwin, and I think that that's fine, I have no objection to that. He I had just it. done a backdraft. So he On was, top of the world. He was, sorry for the pun, uh, pretty hot in Hollywood at that moment. Boo. <laughs> no, I, I apologize in advance for I that. loved it. Just, just on so many levels. To bring it back to the other Baldwins, Alec hmm. Baldwin had done Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross the year before yeah would have been an amazing choice would have really brought some are, are you alec story. baldwin's agent why are you pushing was <laughs> <laughs> for a time <laughs> so wait i i feel like we've got enough people here that have been in or around book publishing long enough to discuss the marketing department of sharon stone's operating uh, uh, uh job oh my god the amount Can we of talk time. about the marketing department oh my god we're gonna move up the book date we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bump up the publishing date the how often of have any of us ever heard of anything being bumped ever. up i never <laughs> i worked in book publishing for 13 years in 13 new years. york city yeah let me the tell big city. you and i worked big apple. In, and i worked in marketing in book mm -hmm. publishing mm-hmm mm -hmm. Marketing wants to move the pub date up on the James Dean bio. Never. It was never a sentence. Not one time. It, anyone Not to mention shouted at her as though if it didn't happen right then, then the if book wasn't being published. If you don't get through that manuscript this weekend, 
They can't move the publishing date. <laughs> no, never. They're, Not one time. There's no. so many wrong inverses that happened to some. Again, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it was Sharon Stone again with Joe Esterhaus, the screen, uh, the screenwriter, is that she plays a mystery, a successful mystery writer in Basic mm -hmm. Instinct. So now she right. wrote some book publishing. That's the inverse. She was a powerful femme fatale in Basic Instinct. Now she's a mouse coming out of her shell. In now she's a victim in a sexual assault, basically. Like it's just, there's so <laughs> much that happens that is just seems to exist to be like, we don't want this to be too much like Basic Instinct, but we want to make it seem enough like Basic Instinct. So we're gonna do that. Okay. Earlier, you talked about how there's uh, you nothing really stuck with you, Jeff. Like there weren't any particular scenes really that really stuck with you. I mean, we what watched is, it twice, so I remember it a lot better this time around. But it's yeah. like what, when you bring the shit up, I'm like, oh right, they did that. They what had, stuck like, with a me scene. was the scene where she comes back to his apartment after basically saying that she was done for the night, and you see, as. Massive Attack's Unfinished Sympathy, an uh -huh. amazing song, uh -huh. plays in the background. Yeah. We see Billy Baldwin's ass Sneak up sex. shimmying up yeah. for <laughs> surprise anal. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah it could have been great. vaginal, but I couldn't quite tell because, again, well, that is the mystery dark. of a bang flick, dog. That's what they won't give you that. Mm. You well, got to pay the big money to see. Great. Well, they, I guess because they did. This was, I think, original. The original was NC seventeen, and they had to right. scale it back to get it to R. So maybe some of the more overt references. I mean, they do talk about right. anal intercourse. Or sorry, Vida does. She refers to something. I talks about it. Maybe quips. She quips about it. This whole <laughs> script is quips. The entire movie quips. is quips. The only other movie I've ever seen that's all quips is uh, Tango and Cash. Wait, wait, you, you just blew my mind though, because she does talk about anal intercourse. Is she that does. supposed to be connected to that shimmy that we're talking about? No, absolutely not. We, do, we do find out that she's fucking him later in the movie. I'm just saying, no, I think there's a, no, we've opened the cock sucking door. I <laughs> that really stuck out as well. <laughs> the cock sucking door, really, of all of the first, of all of the terms. Like the first first time that guy's ever said a curse word in his life um <laughs> it really felt so strange well he is four years younger than she is that's true he's so young and her yeah, husband so was young. very boring he was a very boring man <laughs> very boring man. very boring oh god uh i want to play a little game okay <laughs> it's called tom berenger red flags <laughs> <laughs> red flag number one uh <clears throat> going and talking to high-powered people who are in like i guess an executive ballroom for lunch i it would like i've never eaten such a fancy lunch in my life so i wonder where they were or who they were hanging with i want to hang but uh walking up to those people and just being like why haven't you read my book and like throwing a hissy fit not the biggest red flag. Perhaps he was having a bad day, but
but red flag number one. Number two, scream, running at you screaming in the park when you're just having a jog and thinking in the middle of broad daylight. Yeah. Red flag number End two. End of relationship. That should be right it right there. Yeah. Uh, these, by the way, they escalate to the point of, you know, the ultimate one, <laughs> which is just like going into someone's apartment when they're not there and you're not invited. Yeah. And sitting in an armchair waiting for them to come home in so you can park. confront them with facts. Red flag. That was finally the one where she was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't hang with this dude. And she doesn't change the locks because he gets in again later. Right. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. is She is presented with so many red flags and so does many. not do a goddamn thing about it. The only thing that actually changes her mind is walking up to him dressed up like a murderer holding a murder victim a bloody like corpse and she's like i gotta get out of this <laughs> i'm in too deep it's sad that it gets to that point before she realizes that okay this guy's really bad news when all those red flags that you cited before that and she had an opportunity to tell her friend uh who went away for a weekend with him she neglects to tell her friend about the horrible stuff this guy has been doing. That's oh. a real neglection of duty, by the way. Like, let's just, you tell your friend, who appears to be her best friend because it's the only other woman you ever see her speaking to. Right. You tell this woman, by the way, this man jumped out at me under a bridge in Central Park dressed as a fucking mugger. And assault and hit on me relentlessly afterwards. No. You don't let her go on a weekend trip with that man. You know, they went to Montauk. They, they went to Montauk together. Yeah. You they wouldn't let Montauk. your friend do that. No. Fuck no. First of all, if there's other cities, but also not anywhere. Do not travel with this man. <laughs> Do not get into a Do taxi not, cab with this man. Don't go to a second location with this man. No, do this not. This movie fails the Bechdel test literally and spiritually. Women are I think more so failed by this film. Oh, God, what a piece of shit. Before we get to the voting about whether or not this is a good, bad movie, I need to make a little confession. Oh, God. A little confession about why I chose this movie. Oh, no. So 1993, this movie comes out. I'm 14 years old. Oh, God. And prime Gary watches MTV. And I care very much about all kinds of music. I'm absorbing as much as I can um, from every source. And I hear UB40's cover of Elvis's Can't Help Fallen in Love. And I go, oh, this is a jam. 14-year-old, <laughs> this is a jam. And the reason why it's a jam is because I see this music video, which is intercut with scenes from the film. And my impressionable adolescent sex brain goes, this must be what sexy music. Song good. Yeah, song mm -hmm. good. Song good. So fast song. forward yeah. 15 years. I still at this point have not seen the movie Sliver. 
I did not watch the movie Sliver until 2022. Uh-huh. This for this show. Uh-huh. I'm getting married in Las Vegas to my first wife. Not me. This is not my first wife. Right. And we decide in terms of bucking tradition of, you know, religious sort of things, we're going to get married in one of them Elvis chapels. Excellent choice. We get an Elvis impersonator who happens to be from Queens, which is great. We're like, wow, this is great. And the guy says, all right, I'll do two songs for you. You tell me which songs you want to do. And I forget which one uh, my uh, now ex-wife chose. But I immediately chose Can't Help Falling in Love with You because I had heard it in 1993 in the music video. And all I could think was, this is the sexiest song I could think What was the phrase they would put in the little information thing? It would be like, from the movie Sliver. (laughs) (laughs) There'd be a whole lot dedicated to From the movie Sliver, UB40. From the motion picture. But that's it, the motion picture. My apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want you to understand that this movie has been occupying space in my brain since 1993. And so this exercised some demons for you. It took me until 2022 to actually watch it. I needed to pick this movie for the podcast to close a circle that had been open for decades. This was an exorcism for you, basically. This was a release for me. (laughs) Oof. Yeah. Is it like the release that Sharon Stone experiences in the bathtub by herself? I'm about to cry. What it listen, what is Tom Berenger's motive for killing this first woman? What is it? Why? Why did he kill this person? We're never given any reason whatsoever. We just get all of the red herrings and then they actually turn out to just be regular herrings. They were perfectly fine herrings. And we were throwing them out. We were like, nope. Not this one. The Not the one no. that was cradling the dead body in the killer clothes. They attempted to establish something okay. in the scene where Sharon Stone, what do you think through her was? telescope, sees yeah. the neighbor, Vida, yeah. Vida right. giving Tom Berenger a money. bundle of dollar bills, whatever, right. some money. Yeah. Right, her modeling money. Her modeling money for something? And they have. She an also has a sort of weird coke habit that they sort of. Right. Did so is Tom Berenger? Is he a drug dealer, and that's why they're having this exchange on the Maybe. street corner? Even Maybe, though they live but... in the same building, and it would very, it would be very easy for him to just come <laughs> upstairs and do this exchange in the private. Yeah, but she home. understands the red flags, and she only will meet him in a public place. Right. That's the difference. Except so the, Stone is watching. So what? So what? It what is the motive though? There's like n- why does that matter at all? It doesn't. They never right. explain why that matters. What right. are they doing? What are they arguing? Because they have an argument. She brings it up later to the money. cops. No, and they're just like, cool, great, great detail. Moving no. on. There's well, nothing. Nothing about. I felt like this movie CCH was ages. Pounder does nothing. This movie is ages because it definitely sells you as like this old creepy guy is the fucking murderer <laughs> for no reason. 
and is Billy Baldwin is cool and innocent at the end? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I do want to point out that Tom Berger was 45 years old when he made this movie. Creep. Creep. He's like, oh they, he seems even older and worse. Than he seems he way older. He seems like he seems like he's like 60 in this movie. He was the only one that like, we never got to see him bang, That's which is true. great. And it's because they were like, I wonder if they like showed up to set and were like, you know what? I think we're just letting all the hot people bang. No, no, no. You're no, just no. going to be like, the guy that creeps around. I'll no. do one. All right. <laughs> That's it. Thespian Tom Berenger has limits. And Real. when they called him and the actress who played Naomi Singer, the original blonde from the beginning, we all forgot about. Uh, when he called them back for the reshoots so that they could make the scene where he is revealed as the killer, they wanted to shoot some BDSM stuff, some real uh, some real kinky stuff to help establish sort of the nature of their relationship. Huh. And both he and the actress played uh, Naomi Singer refused, outright refused to do any of that. So mm. they tried, but Tom has has integrity. You know what? Thanks, Tom. Thanks, because Tom of that, we didn't have to see it. And I appreciate you, you for that. that. Yeah. You yeah. got to know when it's not time to do that. You got to know. You got to know it and you got to exercise your rights. And I appreciate you, Tom. You are appreciated. That, however, means nothing for the motive of why he killed this person. My theory. Do you have a theory, Ben? No, I have no theories at all. None. I... Gary? Uh, I'd love to hear yours. I'd love to hear yours. No, you don't have one. So you don't have one. That's what we're hearing. Okay. This movie doesn't need theory. It's because he's impotent. And she found out and he had to kill her. So so why didn't he go after Otherwise, Aaron Stone's assistant? Well, I think that would was, you know, just a bad plot hole. Oh, really? Fair enough. I, you know what I'm saying? But like yeah. it she is the one that introduces us to this idea that he's like both uninteresting and not able to have sex. That he's a terrific bore and a slouch. Mm-hmm. And it's mentioned, I feel like again later on, but I don't fucking remember when. By the end of this movie, both times I was just high as a kite and just writing down movie bad. Why Gary make watch movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's an actual note. And it came after he said, the second time I watched it and he said, it's my building. I own it or whatever. I own the building. It's mine. Like, yeah. I just was like, why, why watch movie? Why? why oh, Jeff. On? So Jeff, is this a good, bad movie? Are we voting? We're voting now. Uh, wise men say that only fools rush in, but I can't help hating this bad, bad movie. Uh, mostly though, because they were so mean to the doorman who was hustling, he was trying to do his job and everyone in there shit on that guy. This for no reason, for no reason. They're all shitting on the doorman. Like they were so mad at him for coming up and apologizing for like missing no one time when someone was coming in with bags there <laughs> absolutely no i'm with you that every time they mentioned the doorman it was derogatory 
It was totally. about how they were lazy and they didn't do their fucking job. And it was wasn't that, one doorman. It was every doorman in that building. They is that any way all. to treat, is that any way to treat one half of your black cast? No. This is the most racist movie I've ever seen. <laughs> See, I saw it as a definitely, it was a way of parodying these rich white people by making right. it be the kind of things they talk about in private is how much they dislike the character the people of color in their world that they have to do it like they should have because they should have been complaining about the about the maintenance guy the whole fucking time who is how many times the lights went out in that goddamn building absolutely instead they focused their racist rage on the doorman (laughs) who wasn't there to help open the door one time okay i'll I'll answer my whether i think it's a good movie with just from the street drumming scene on i was out (laughs) (laughs) i was was offended (sighs) i was triggered and that movie that should be cut out of the current version of that movie (laughs) bad bad i like to think i'm not very sensitive but that was highly unnecessary for a movie that has only black characters i think at that point only one black character had been in the movie True. so far and then every oh, there's only like black cops and doormen so you yeah. know it, it felt like a time warp in that way i will say the style of of a lot of the stuff was kind of good mm. and some of it kind of held up visually in a weird way um it did didn't it yeah it was, i was distracted by how bad of- everything else was but it was pretty good yeah sharon stone had a lot of outfits that while we were watching it, I was calling out like this outfit would a hundred percent hold up in Williamsburg right now. Mm, absolutely, like, absolutely. She was the leggings, the oversized t-shirt, the kind of off the shoulder. She was a hundred percent on point with her style. Hipster icon. And that, absolutely. That's like a part of her like whole thing from that era, especially. Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. she was in was like could be an iconic look. Yeah, she totally. just crushed it. Yeah. So I'll give her I'll give her an A plus uh, on that, you know. But I guess that's not even fully her. That's whoever was, you know, whoever did wardrobe did. did. It takes a village. It takes a village. Yeah. Wardrobe was the only thing that wasn't nominated for a Razzie about this film. Yeah. Oof. That's true. Yeah, but it it there didn't win any Razzies either. Didn't win any no, Razzies because uh, it was out the same year as another awful bang flick. That also had an Inception bang scene in a way, which was Body of Evidence with Madonna. Correct. It, it truly, I went, I was like, I have never seen this. And I went back and watched 20 minutes to like research for this. And I was like, I can't, research. I can't do it myself. Research. I mean, like, yo, that's research. You got to watch bang flicks for the bang flick episode. You didn't mean 20 minutes, you didn't even get through the like the hot wax scene that everybody was talking about. No, I just went and I found it on the internet and watched the bang scenes. Where <laughs> specifically on the internet did you find it, Jeff? That's not of anyone's accord here or business, mm, to be honest with you. I don't understand why I'm getting the third degree here for working really hard for the podcast. A complaint you have had in the past, sir. So was this on a, a porn website, perhaps, Jeff? I it's wouldn't say. I, I, website. I, play, I plead the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> Zeke is going to find you. Zeke Hawkins. Yeah, ask Zeke. <laughs> He's been tracking you. He's had plenty of time to replace all of the TVs that were shot because we never discussed the original ending, which is 
total nonsense. The actual <laughs> ending of the film where she decides to solve get a life. television screens and get a life, which Joe Astorhaus insists he did not write into the script. <laughs> he insists that producers <laughs> added in lines like that. That was nothing that he had anything to do with. Get a life. Yeah, probably because they wanted it to be the tagline of the film, but it ended up being, do you like to watch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you set yourself up for that one. I don't like to watch it. <laughs> well, okay, so we've got two in the not a good bad movie category. Reagan, care to weigh in? No, this is a bad, bad movie. It's bad. It's, bad, it's, bad, it's bad, very bad. bad. It could have been good. There were moments where if Alec Baldwin was in. It. <laughs> Alec Baldwin was in it. This would have been her favorite movie. <laughs> really good movie. Yeah. Pushing I for mean, it. Remake with Alec Baldwin. We need to level up two levels on the Baldwin here, and we'd be all right. I mean, it's just an easy comparison because of the Baldwin. Of yes, course. either Baldwin would have been better than Billy Baldwin, the worst of the Baldwins. But also, <laughs> this would have been great with a Michael Douglas. With any sure. of the men of the erotic sure. colors. Maybe a David Crusoe. Uh, you haven't seen Jade, have Douglas you? had done a lot of these no. already. He's, you know what he, I'm saying? Like he was in a lot of thrillers yeah. and a lot of sex scenes and stuff. And like, I feel like he was way better than this movie. Yeah, no, Bill, yeah. it's just that Billy Baldwin gave us absolutely nothing. Totally. Please. Billy Baldwin kind of made this seem like it's above everybody because he was so below it. Right. And it's so bad. Yeah. There's there's no nothing about his presence that leads you to believe that Sharon Stone's character would be drawn in in the way that she is, would be, you know, sexually, uh, you know, mesmerized by him in the way that we're supposed to believe that she is. There's nothing about this person that drives the movie. And the whole movie is with this ending that apparently was, you know, revised for the, the, yeah, you know, for the, yeah, I don't think the ending was going to change my mind about this being a bad, bad movie. No, what there's nothing think? about this man that makes it happen. He has nothing in terms of presence, sexuality, whatever. What was the RT score on this? Uh, this was a 11%. 11. What do you think it would have been with that other ending? You've seen it. You've seen uh, the other ending. I have seen the other ending. It would probably be about a seven. It would be worse. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too, is it would be yeah. like five to seven somewhere in there. Jeff. Uh-huh. It's, it's your time now. Just, you know, go on and gloat. Uh, go on and just say, oh, it's a Gary, bad movie. I'm winning. Do it. Unlike anything that happened in the movie we watched today, I'm going to shock and surprise you here. I just want to get right into my pick. You don't want to have any time for your, your little bragging rights. Your, you puff up your little chest over there. No, I don't. I don't want that right now. Wow. Okay. You know why? Why is that, Jeff? I'm obsessed. You're, you're what? Do you want to know what that means? Uh, yeah, I do. It means we're watching Beyonce Knowles. 
Idris Elba and Ali Larder in 2009's Obsessed. We're watching what? Obsessed. There's a movie with Beyonce. <laughs> There's a movie with Beyonce, Idris Elba, <laughs> and Ali Larder. It came out in 2009. 2009. And it was directed by a man named Steve Schill. <laughs> I don't understand any of what you've just said to me. You're gonna. You're, you know what's gonna happen to you? You're gonna become obsessed. Well, I've never seen the film, so maybe not. Who knows? Let's find out together. I guess we're gonna. I, I, I didn't... <laughs> I haven't seen Beyonce in a movie since Austin Powers in Goldmember. Oh boy. Well, you're going to get a lot more of her. Uh, a lot, lot more of her. It is two hours and 17 minutes long. Wow. So prepare. All's fair when love is war. Obsessed. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network. 